It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Let's get to our first guest of the show. Eliza Riley joins us now from the West Australian. G'day, Eliza. How are you going? I'm very excited that AFLW is back. I mean, I'm in the same boat as you a bit, Jen. A bit, bit of a lull with the men's coming to a stop for a week, but we, we get to fill it with something pretty special and exciting. And it's, of course, our second season for the year. So can't wait to see who, who prevails in this one. It's going to be a fascinating season. Lots for us all to learn uh, because of the 18 teams and the expansion. So there's a, you know there's many more athletes roaming around out there playing AFLW. And it's interesting to think back. Um, we had the Thursday night game. It was Carlton taking on Collingwood. Collingwood, they won by 18, 5-6, to three straight 18. And that was a special game in the sense that that threw us back to the very first fixture, I think it was, at Icon Park that sold out. Yeah, back to the future a bit there with the old one of the, you know, one of the biggest rivalries in the men's game. And, of course, um, the pain of Blues fans extended from sort of Sunday night um, into Thursday night with Collingwood there getting up by 18 points. It's it's what we predicted and expected considering the Pies were finals contenders last year. And despite them losing fair bit of midfield depth um, with Bree Davey and Britt Bonici, unfortunately, both going to sit out this season with ACL injuries. They managed to cover it quite well. Um, but I think it probably says more about Carlton um, and how we sort of predict they they might struggle a bit this year because they got absolutely smashed by expansion and player movement. Yeah, I think Carlton are going to be a side that are struggling throughout the year. I saw across your paper today the prediction probably to finish anywhere from 10th to 14th. I can see them as well if a couple of um, games don't go their way against the expansion sides, even potentially being in that bottom four. Uh, one player I love for them is, is Karen Harrington or P- Peterson now that she's married. Kez will be leading from the back line, so to speak, but she's got some young troops to get up and going. Certainly, and another one to throw in there is Brianna Moody. I love what she does in the ruck. She just seems to get better sort of every year and um, just her strength, both in the ruck and around the ground. She's become the real sort of full rounded package um, there. So I love watching her play, but uh, fortunately I think that's going to be where the highlights sort of end um, for Carlton this year. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, Collingwood, though, great for them to get the the first up win. And I think they're going to be a side that potentially contends in finals. Just how deep they go, we'll wait and see. But they could be they could be knocking on the top four door if, if things go their way. The game across tonight was the grand final rematch. I don't think you can ever really get revenge unless it's in the next grand final, I suppose. But Melbourne managing to take the chocolates over the Crows. Yeah, get your old exercise your demons headlines out for tomorrow, all the newspaper editors around the country, because that's, I mean, it's, it's some way to what Melbourne did tonight. Um, obviously heading to South Australia and getting it done on foreign territory, that's a big tick for the demons first up. 
Um, and just I think the fact that they've beaten Melbourne now has given them a lot of confidence heading into the final series, which is obviously, you know, still a good nine weeks away. So, but we're already talking about it because we predict the Demons are going to be right up there in the thick of it after making that grand final last year. Yeah, you would think, I uh, think Adelaide, what are we looking at? Adelaide, Mel- Melbourne and probably Brisbane. We thought at the end of last year that they might have got more raided than they actually did. The Crows probably, you know, they lost Aaron Phillips, uh, Andrew Foley, but um, I think those three teams probably still looking at our top three at the moment, early predictions. A hundred percent. They're powerhouses, those three sides, and they have been pretty much since day one of the competition, if we look back that far. So they barely got touches expansion by you mentioned, um, which is probably a, you know, a byproduct of the success they have had over the past few years in that nobody really wants to leave because they know good things are in the works and there may be, you know, another flag on the way. Um, I guess in Brisbane and Adelaide's case, whereas the Demons are still chasing their first after they've been up and about for so long. So can they, I guess the other big talking point is Daisy Pierce going on for another season. Everyone thought, you know, is, is this her chance to get that maiden flag? And is that why she's made the decision to go around again? But she spoke during the week and said, I just love my footy so much still that she actually gets so invigorated and, energised by rocking up alongside 30 girls at training, um, even during the freezing cold depths of winter, which we've experienced this pre-season. And it's interesting one. I know that it sort of got coined going into last year's final, the do it for Daisy. I'm sure she hates it. But, um, you know, now we're going to have another full season of the, the do it for Daisy under the Melbourne flag, which I'm sure she'll just be like, oh, probably could we could just do it for each other or I could do it for them, being the personality <laughs> that she is. Uh, looking across the games coming through on Saturday, Saturday. We have North Melbourne uh, taking on, who have I got here? You probably jump in. Why have I written? Suns. There it is. Suns. Gold Coast Suns. Uh, North Melbourne for mine? Definitely North Melbourne. I'll have to agree with you there. North Melbourne, they, they did lose a bit of talent um, in that sort of expansion period. So they've probably been a bit harder hit than the other sides with Caitlin Ashmore, Daria Bannister, those sort of players um, heading off to other clubs, but they've still got the the sort of um, core of their list there. So we expect them to make finals again this year. And the Suns, on the other hand, have been one of the teams that unfortunately has been smashed. I think they've lost seven to expansion. So although we saw them, you know, show some green shoots last year, I don't think it's going to continue into this year. Yeah, it could be a tough road for the Suns. They were a side that was a bit ravaged. Uh, a team that you would have been following quite closely being a reporter based over here in West Australia. The West Coast Eagles, they take on expansion side, Aaron Phillips' powerhouse side in Port Adelaide. How do you see this one panning out? Can you predict it? It's honestly fascinating. And I've been flipping between the two teams for a few days now in terms of my prediction of who's going to win. Just because we know West Coast are coming off a wooden spoon and they've, although they've been in the competition for three years there, their journey's sort of been characterised by instability um, and that's coaches, that's players on the playing list. They've turned over 13 players from the end of last season, so it's an entirely new list heading into this season. So I think when you look at it, I'm still going to tip the Eagles for now because of the home ground advantage, because they have three years on Port Adelaide in terms of experience, but don't expect a blowout. I expect it to be quite close. 
Yeah, it could be an interesting one. Uh, I know a few West Australians getting to return home for Port Adelaide, so they've almost gotten a, a nice... Uh, way to start in a sense that they get to come back and have their families turn up supporting Port Adelaide. So um, West Coast are probably a little bit filthy on that. Yeah, apparently Port Adelaide have um, booked uh, booked 100 seats out in the grandstand. So family, friends, you know, (laughs) players who aren't playing, there's a whole mob of them coming over. So the call needs to go out to the Eagles faithful to get out there and drown out Port Adelaide at the moment. Uh, moving on, Sydney and St Kilda. Sydney, one of the new expansion sides, taking on St Kilda. Yeah, it's another expansion side making their debut. Very exciting at North Sydney Oval. The Swans will run out for the first time. But I'm picking St Kilda in this one. They've got Georgia Patrikios back for this season. We know she's a star. And although she set out last season... Due to that vaccine hesitancy, she's back in the fold now and by all reports back to her sort of game-breaking winning ability. So I'm tipping the Saints to get the job done, especially considering Sydney really struggled to sort of attract that A-grade talent during the Simon Trade period. Yeah, okay. Essendon and Hawthorne too. Again, two of our expansion sides, they get to go up against each other. So we will definitely have one expansion side winning unless we have a draw. And this game um, sold out so quickly that they moved it to Marvel. How cool is that? I'm Super still cool. wrapping my head around that, that we managed to sell out an oval um, in Victoria and get the game moved. I mean, it was a campaign sort of launched by Bette Goddard, the coach of Hawthorne, and Natalie Wood at Essendon, the hashtag move it to Marvel campaign. And it's it's come off. But in this one, my heart is saying Essendon. So my heart and my head, actually. Um, <laughs> they've definitely recruited probably the best out of any of the expansion teams especially Maddie Prasparkas, who we know is the league best and fairest. Yeah, she's an absolute gun and she was she was a big signing. Another one I think that probably is a player that's gone under the radar. Won't now that she's going to be playing for a Victorian side, but Steph Kane going across from uh, Fremantle, I think is a big get for Essendon as well. The Kane train, of course. <laughs> uh, Western Bulldogs and GWS. Where do you see these two sitting? The, the Bulldogs, I saw an article um, probably earlier in the week that listed how many leaders have come out of their program that maybe are in other clubs and stuff now. And then GWS, a side that have in recent years, I think probably similarly to in, in, in um, you mirror sometimes the men's as well in that you've had to pay players overs to move to Sydney purely to be able to live there and those sorts of things. And now with the expansion teams, they lost a few. Um, who, can you, who do you see winning this? Will the Bulldogs be strong enough over GWS? I still think the Bulldogs will wrap this one up. Um, GWS, they, they've been one of those sides where you just don't know which giant side is going to rock up on game day. Um, they've been quite inconsistent at times and sort of, you know, their best has been pretty good. Um, and they've got some star players on that list, including Cora Jordan, who we refer to as the 40-year-old every time she touches the ball on commentary. Um, <laughs> Must do. It's I a rule. It's a rule. It's the 40-year rule. Um, but I think the Western Bulldogs will be too strong in this one. They, they, We forget last season they were really in that finals hunt up until late in the year. COVID probably cost them early in the year because they had to reschedule a few games and some of their girls really battled um, physically after that. So yeah, Bulldogs for mine. I can see Hillary is calling through on the Shell talkback line. Shell card fueled by a century of knowledge. Hang on there, Hill. I'll get to you off the back of this interview with Eliza Riley from the West Australian. Two more games to cover. One being the Brisbane Lions versus Fremantle. Another side, of course, that you are well across being that they're from the West.
this is going to be a cracker, I think. Um, lots of people, well, not some people have <laughs> predicted the Dockers may slide a bit this year. And, you know, it's a fair enough prediction considering they've lost Gemma House and the Kane train, as we mentioned earlier, to Essendon. And this preseason has been pretty luckless for them in that they've lost Ebony and Cara Antonio, the, the wives out of Fremantle, to very serious injuries. And we won't see them until the second half of the season, which is a massive blow. But I think the talk out of Fremantle is they're still completely backing themselves in and they're pretty confident that they're going to be right in up to their necks in the finals hunt this year. But for mine, Brisbane at the Gabba, they barely put a foot wrong last season and only went down by four points in that incredible prelim final to Melbourne. So I think Brisbane will be too strong at home, but by the same token, they did get um, beat up in round one last year by the Crows. So watch this space a bit. Yeah, that will be an interesting one. And I think for Brisbane, we were worried leading into the trade and drafts, all that sort of period, that they were going to get absolutely ravaged and they didn't. They held on exceptionally well. So obviously a a club, a destination sort of club. Tough one for Frio, although if they bring their tackle pressure like they've become renowned for, then that's always going to place them in good stead. It's just whether they can hold out across the year physically because of the physical game that they do employ. Definitely. It was quite a taxing game style, Um, the sort of fierce pressure, the fierce tackling. We know they're a very fit side and they've spoken about this off-season, how they've just sort of managed to maintain that fitness. So when they rocked up for day one of pre-season after such a short break, they could sort of get straight into the football stuff and the tactics and the tweaking the game plan. So I'm excited to see what that sort of brings in round one and especially the watch for me is on that forward line and how they structure up there. Um, for, by all reports, Anya Tai has had an absolutely brilliant pre-season and they're so excited to see what she can sort of do as a focal point up there. Yeah, well, Frio, I think they'll enjoy the fact that they've had some people talking them down. That might just be enough to help spur them on. The last game of the round, Geelong versus Richmond. Richmond decide many predicting to push up and become real serious um, contenders, even potentially top four if they have some fitness go their way. Um, Geelong were probably the team that improved and impressed the most in last season. Yeah, certainly. I mean, starting with Geelong, I think they only had the two or three wins last season but they were so competitive um, in every game and I think they didn't lose a game by more than 20 points so while they didn't quite get reward for it in a latter sense they definitely sort of were managing to stick around and compete within games so that only bodes well for heading into this year adding a bit more talent with Michaela Bowen making the move across from West Coast she gives them a bit, bit of speed and run so I think Geelong will improve again this year but for me you, you hit the nail on the head. The Tigers are my team who are going to jump up this year and really take the next step in their development. They absolutely tore Freo apart in a pre-season match. And although there were sort of reasons for that, resting players and the like, it just showed when they're fully up and firing. Ellie McKenzie's had an uninterrupted pre-season. Montconch is going to take a game to a new level after sort of committing full-time to AFLW. I think all the signs are there for the Tigers to become a real finals contender. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Eliza, thank you so much for joining us live here on the Overnight Crowd. Welcome to part of the Overnight Crowd and uh, enjoy the weekend of AFLW and good luck for you personally in your own footy final tomorrow, your prelim.
Oh, you've let the cat out of the bag there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping to walk away with two wins tomorrow, one on my own and one um, watching West Coast and reporting on that tomorrow afternoon. So hopefully it's a, it's a day of Ws. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.